The following program is rated TVMAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. This is Sam. This is Paul. And this is Southpaw. So today on the podcast, we have Iman Rashid, who is a martial arts instructor, a cartoonist, and a YouTuber. And we're here today to discuss your newest video, which you can find on the Modern Martial Artist YouTube channel. And it's all about anime slash manga and about basically fighting anime and manga and about the techniques used and what you consider to be the best fighting manga, fighting anime. And the video is already doing really well. So that's what we're here to discuss because anime manga is probably something that's been one of my main forms of entertainment for a while. And it's hard to find a martial artist who can draw and also knows about this stuff. <laughs> so searching the interwebs, we found you. And you're also the famous creator of one of the most famous martial arts memes, which Probably somebody just jacked it from you and it blew up. Nobody knows it's yours. It's the kicking one where you're kicking a bag. And I'll share a link of his video for the modern martial artist and also the meme that I'm talking about. But probably a lot of you guys have seen it where it's somebody kicking over time. And you could tell that this person kicking a heavy bag is getting older because the hair is getting longer. And then you could see improvements in the kick. And it's just been going around the martial arts meme sphere for a while. So Iman is the creator of that meme. Did you mean it for it to become a meme or you just posted it and then somebody memed it? I know. I just, I drew it for fun because I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And um, I posted it on my Tumblr when I, when I was on Tumblr before. And then it just like blew up. It got like 20,000, like some time frame. Um, and then like people started messaging me, like my friends and they were like, Hey, look, this is on like this thing or like it's on this thing. And then I guess one school was like selling it as a poster, but their, their school was a, th my school's blue, blue belt first and green belt, but they flipped it. So like the kick gets like better than a little bit worse than like better. So then I messaged where I saw it, like the guy, I'm not going to say names cause I don't want to, uh, I messaged the guy that I saw it on. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I have totally have no problem you using my drawing. I was like, just do i get like is there like a do i get some credit or like is what, what how does it work and then he like i i think he was the one selling it but he um explained to me that like yeah uh copyright laws or whatever but no i did not intend for it to get so big i just drew it randomly yeah and i'm sure after a certain point there's no way for you to get a control of it because i've seen so many different versions now there's no way you can stay on top of this thing yeah and it's and it's all it's all good i i remember kind of being like uh like uh, about it because uh 
you know, I put it up on the internet and people liked it. And I was like, well, like, I guess it's, it's good that people like it. Like, I don't care. You didn't put a watermark back then? No, it because it was just a doodle. It was not even like a really well-made drawing in my opinion. Like, it's just like something I doodled up for fun. So how'd you get into martial arts and how'd you get into drawing? Ooh, okay. So drawing was just always a thing. Like I have a, I guess as a kid, I had like, and still now I had like a super overactive uh, imagination. So whatever I th- thought would like be cool or whatever I draw when I was younger. Um, martial arts is just, uh, I guess it's a product of just like me watching all those animes like Dragon Ball and, you know, like uh, One Piece, all that kind of stuff when I was younger. Cause I just wanted to like be like a ninja. Like I was like, I want to be Goku. And I started taking it when I was around like 10 or 11. Yeah. So it was anime and manga first, and then it was martial arts, not yeah, the other I think way around. So. I think so. I think my love of like the art and like the manga and the anime uh, kind of turned it towards like, okay, I'm finally going to do it. Because for a long time, I wouldn't want to go into classes because I was, I was like super low confidence. I was, I was scared as a kid. Where do you post most of your art? Um, uh, oh, geez. Uh, I post, I don't know, because I'll post some on DeviantArt if I think it looks nice enough. And then I'll, I don't post on Tumblr anymore because, because it's Tumblr. Um, and uh, what else? You're not even on top of your social media game. No, you have no idea really. what you're doing. I just like, I just like, uh, I just <laughs> you like should have a million followers by now and you just blew it. <laughs> oh, sure. So in your video, you broke down what you consider to be the best fighting martial arts animes. So let's go in the order of the video then. Oh, okay. So what was the first one? Uh, oh, it was a uh, Tepu, right? Sure. Yes. You made the video. Yeah, it was Tepu. So I keep forgetting the list. Um, so let's start with Tepu. So what made you like Tepu? Uh, well, I I like MMA a lot. Uh, I'm not particularly like, like I don't particularly excel at it because grappling's hard. And um, it's like, oh, people think that MMA is just like you take the grappling and then you take the striking and then you just like put it together. And it's like one plus one is two. But it's not. It's like super complex. Like just you're like you're in guard, and then now someone's hitting you, and it's like I can't guard sweep now. So um, I really like MMA. I think it's awesome. And if you're like really creative and you're um, you're like you know your system, you can be a pretty good fighter. Uh, but just I don't know. Just reading Tepu was cool because uh, the art's really good. Like the like the motion and just um, how the artist is portraying like certain strikes. Uh, and 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 yeah, it's a uh, they use a lot of actual knowledge um that i would look at and either be like oh yeah this is stuff that i used or if i see something that i've never done i would try it and then i would i mean if it worked i'd be like okay cool it works if it doesn't i'll usually kind of like experiment with it and see like okay i think i just it's like my lack of practice but um nothing they use yeah nothing they really use is is a is like superhuman or anything in my opinion like maybe some people hit harder than most but i think it's possible for people to round kick someone and break a rib you know like that's totally doable it's just really difficult but yeah i'll put links to all the manga as well because manga and anime is pretty accessible online oh, yeah. <laughs> so whether you <laughs> google it or i link it you guys can find it i think that's part of the reason why they're so popular online because it's the most accessible whereas you know stuff on hbo or netflix or all this other shit, they're behind paywalls they're really hard to get a hold of whereas manga and anime you just go on reddit and you Dude, can probably yeah, find it's everything like, it's like everywhere yeah, you could also get it for free on like Crunchyroll as long as you're willing to put up with that. Whereas yeah. HBO, you have to either subscribe to that HBO Go or like you said, there's a paywall. So I think that paywall forced kids online to be like, 
these like American, you know, paywall <laughs> TV shows. I'm going to watch all the free Japanese that I can find online. I guess. I feel like you could find, if you find the right site, you can watch whatever you want for free online. <laughs> as long as you're okay with like being on like sketchy websites or like just not having a really streamlined process of watching it. I think anime and manga is way easier and way less oh, sketchy. Probably. I guess so. Yeah, there's so many sites like manga sites and everything, Reddit, that you can just read it on. And the cool thing about a lot of the manga sites is they do the manga that doesn't have an American version, like an American official translation. Yeah, it's like fan, it's like fan done. <laughs> so it's not even like you're competing against an actual legitimate no, product. Yeah, no. I mean, have you guys heard of a Team Four Star? No. TFS, they do Dragon Ball Z abridged. No. You never heard of Dragon Ball Z Abridged? Abridged? No, I haven't. Oh my god. Okay, so Dragon Ball Z Abridged is this like show that these these guys named Team Four Star, they they dubbed over Dragon Ball as a joke like 10 years ago when they're like, oh, it'd be funny if like, you know, uh, it was like this and they would make jokes about it. And then it got so big that like um, their production like went like super, like a lot, like super, it became like really good. And then um, now they're like, a, they're like famous because they did Dragon Ball Z Abridged. And it's actually like, in my opinion, it's, it's better than Dragon Ball because it can, it like, it makes it all concise and it's also funny, but they have to keep everything like canon like how Dragon Ball Z goes. So, um, and, and it's super funny. So it's, it's uh, yeah. And like Funimation, you know, the people who like officially dub Dragon Ball, that I, at least is what I've heard is like, they really don't like Team Four Star because Team Four Star is like, uh, in some people's opinion, doing it better than the, the dubbers. So it's it's like, you can just take that or it's crazy that what, what the fans will make and like what kind of organization it becomes. Is that one on YouTube? That, yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's all nonprofit though. So they don't uh, take money for it, but uh, you can just, watch on youtube and it's dude it's hilarious i i mean season one's not or season one is kind of hilarious because they it's like very old humor like lol xd you know um but like season two three uh is much more like they're 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 like in my opinion they're like comedic geniuses they're they're super funny so do they cut out all the stuff where like they're hovering in midair and just giving these long monologues in between the fight scenes yeah so or at least if they are giving monologues because they still keep the character of everyone pretty intact it'll it'll be funny like um I don't know, like, like, you know, like perfect cell, um, is supposed to be like this uh, whole, he's like, yeah, I'm perfect. And this is that. And that, and you, you hate him as a, as a watcher. Cause you're like, oh, he's so like arrogant. And like, I just want to see him get taken down and trying to, you know, destroy the world. But in the Z version, he's like much more arrogant, like as a real person. So he'll just be all condescending and, uh, just say stuff like, uh, like they'll be like, oh, excuse me, uh, perfect cell. And he'll be like, oh, it's Mr. Perfect cell. And it, 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 they just add all these funny, like characteristics to it. Um, and they do a good job. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. So let's go back into your background. So you started out at 10 with karate? Yeah, uh, 11. Yes, 11. Yes. What kind of karate? And did you stick with the same karate the whole time? Yeah, so I'm actually teaching at the same dojo that I, or do studio, I guess, that I started um, when I was 11. So we, it's a style called American Tongsudo. It's the Chuck Norris style, you know? It's the Korean style. Yeah, it's a Korean style. So I don't exactly know why it's called karate on our banner, but I think it's cause it's, it's like super similar to Shotokan. I think that's what it is. Like it's Shotokan with like Taekwondo kicks. Like that's what Tongsudo is, I guess. Because if you read and watch a lot of Japanese martial arts, anime and manga, especially the MMA ones, they predominantly focus on karate as the striking background. Yeah. I noticed that even so a lot of the philosophy in the Japanese style, MMA, manga and anime is karate focused like even though they learn the character learns boxing and muay thai 
their strategies, their footwork, a lot of the stuff they do is still heavily influenced by karate. That's pretty much, uh, you, you know, the KSKM manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much what that is. Like, it starts with karate and then it just like super evolves, but they're still like, like in the corner of like the, like the storyline, it's like, yeah, there's still like karate in there. It's like all about the oh. basics. So when you watch like Tepu, her background was karate. Yeah. A lot of the people came from karate. Do you think they stay true to the karate philosophy? Like there's certain things they talk about with like lunge punches or with footwork. Do you like recognize a lot of those things? I think it's just like really, maybe it's because it's so streamlined. Like it's, it's, uh, it's very uh, to the point like, uh, like this strike hurts the most and this block blocks up and this block blocks you know, sideways. And it's like, it's, it's the most, I think it's the simplest to like kind of comprehend, I guess. And, 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 you know, to, to generate that power uh, versus things like a, a screamo or like Kempo or something where it's like, there's all these tiny movements that you have to practice. And then um, you have to read people's energy and be like sensitive and all that kind of stuff versus I think karate is just kind of like, yeah, if you hit them really hard, it totally works. So um not saying that it's like, like a simpleton martial arts or anything, but I think it's just uh it's it's the most like chunked, I guess, you know? Like even the language in Japan is like all the language are like syllables. So it, our letters are like A, B, C, D, where theirs is like like ka, ki, ku, ke. like it's all like syllables. Like it's all chunked together and you can't really make other words off of it, but it's it's just like there it is. That's the there's no other spelling for this. Like you can't spell anything else. If you watch American TV shows or movies about MMA, they're background or their fundamentals is usually wrestling and then they learn jujitsu that's their framework whereas all the japanese stuff i've read or watched it's like karate and then boxing and then they learn the wrestling and the jujitsu and whatever so they have a different lens how they approach it yeah that's interesting even uh even holy land has like one of the main characters is a shogo and he's karate yeah i think even like uh what is it the the dude who is he the charisma guy oh masaki i think even i think he was a Karate guy, karate first. guy first. Yeah. yeah. So if you watch a lot of these, they're very much karate and boxing heavy. Yeah. Tepu, actually, if you're just getting into manga or you've never read one, Tepu is a good one to start because it's actually short. Usually manga is like a bazillion chapters and <laughs> it started like 20 years ago and it's still going. So it's like so <laughs> yeah. intimidating. I, I will warn people who are starting Tepu. I think uh, some people get turned off in the beginning by it because... Um, some of the characters are not inconsistent, but like uh, uh, I think they're already very established, but you don't know why. So it doesn't really introduce you to any characters. It's just like, here are the characters and they're all talking already. And then you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And then people get confused. But um, once you get past that, it's pretty, the, the, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a good manga. And then when you read manga, you got to remember to read right to left. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not left to right. And uh, otherwise, it's the same rules as... American comics or graphic novels, and then always uh, pay special attention to the translators' notes. They always do a good job. If there's like a cultural thing you might not get, a lot of the translators do a good job about explaining all that stuff. I hate when they put like Nakama and it says like Nakama means friends. And I'm like, why don't you just put friends? <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. But I think sometimes they have to do that because there's some kind of wordplay joke. Because I think Japanese, from what I gather from just the watching the anime and reading the manga, there's a lot of jokes that are based around how words sound. Yeah, also. it's a lot of situational and like reaction uh, word comedy, I guess, which is, uh, I don't think it's funny anymore. <laughs> I think it was funny before and now I, I don't like it. The thing about what you said about Tepu, I think it 
comes off like that because I think it just ended abruptly. I think the whoever the mangaka or the author, they were thinking about going much further. Definitely felt like the first story arc and then it just ended, right? Because usually with these kind of manga, they kind of introduce you and you don't know anything. And then through flashbacks, they kind of reveal more. Whereas it just ended. If you look at the Reddit threads, everybody's like, what? It just ended. (laughs) I guess so. Or maybe... Maybe because you know I wasn't reading it when it was like coming out. I or I started reading it when my my friend, so my my best friend Taj. Uh, you should totally um, I I still want you guys to meet him by the way. He's exactly like me. Uh, so my best friend Taj was like, yeah, uh, uh, read this manga. It's called Tepu. It's about MMA. And I was like, oh sick. He's like, it's really short. It's like thirty chapters. So I think I was already ex- expecting it to end after thirty. So I think I was like mentally ready. But I guess for people when it was coming out, they're just like, but okay, bye. But those thirty chapters took like several years too. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I I think the fact that it was kind of like that, that it didn't explain everything and it kind of ended abruptly, even though it did end the story arc, I think that's what makes it good because it it makes it atypical. Dude, yeah, because... uh... Because like the the character is very flawed and her rival is the typical anime manga kind of character who's like, I'm not good at anything, so I'm going to be like the person who just works their way up. I believe in myself, I can do it. Yeah, exactly. And you usually have that person as the main character. And in this one, uh, the author was like, F- that. We're going to go with whoever usually is the bad guy. We're going to make them the main character. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, even in the in the thing, when they, they meet like the, the three, you know, like uh, uh, Natsuo, uh, Karin, and the, the other, or like meet the other three, like Yuzuko, Ringe, and like the trainer, the the good guy or like you know Yuzuko and like the the, the nice ones are like yeah we'll be your like we'll be your antagonist like I think they use that word actually do, do they say antagonist like we'll be the antagonist so I remember just looking at it I'm like this is so interesting but the protagonist is the one with like less moral value yeah you know like the one we should be rooting against but I guess that's what makes it uh, that's what makes it what it is yeah she's also kind of the school bully oh totally that's so interesting yeah she's the one that's like this person's strong and like can anyone like defeat her so yeah yeah so that's what made it very interesting but at the same time it's not like other animes or mangas where the hero is like this what they call a byronian hero where it's like they're the main character but they're evil as (laughs) you'll see a lot of anime manga like that where they're just like killing people or maiming or raping and that's the main character oh wow yeah there's that whole genre too but she's not like that either she's somebody who's still at her heart is a decent person, is a good person, and has just like a lot of teenage angst. So I like that they didn't go so far to make this person evil. They're just like a punk. She's just a punk. Yeah, like everyone, I guess, especially when you're maybe, I don't know, maybe when you're a teenager too, like you're just more susceptible to to just doing bad things because you don't know what to do. Well, if you want to talk about, you know, normalizing of really awful behavior, like one of the ones that you mentioned as a notable mention, oh, uh, KSKM, ah, dude, yeah. There's a character in there who's Pedro? a serial rapist, yeah, like a Pedro. male rapist. Not like they attempt to rape, they rape. But he had successfully, like in the beginning of the chapters, was like raping all these dudes, uh, and he becomes one of the heroes. Yeah, later, but it, it doesn't mean he stops raping. That's so true. Yeah, he still tries to like he still tries to molest uh, Minoru and like. That's the running gag. The running gag is he's always trying to rape the main character. That's such a weird running gag. And even the main characters, like Sensei, he's the total awful, like criminal bad person. Wait, uh, are you talking about um... the one who always eats dog food? Oh, uh, uh, Muto, right? Yeah, like yeah. the like the like the strongest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 
You know that shit in his mouth is dog food. It's dog jerky. Wait, I did not know that. I think it's to say the character is like an animal, just not maybe. A, yeah, he's like, a, but like a dog is such a weird uh, comparison, but. So that's a kind of a, a theme and also a lot of problematic like Japanese manga and anime is like these god awful heroes. I and guess shit. so. I had to give up on that manga because you recommended it in the thing and I, I read a couple chapters and then when it got it was already kind of kind of making me uneasy uh-huh. for a while and oh, then when dude. it started getting to the rape. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is you. it i can't i can't my, do it anymore my, uh, my my best friend was the same way i recommended to him and he was like dude i can't read it and i was like all right i i understand but um i i just skipped the fights i skipped the fights and then when i read the, the fights are so beautifully drawn it has some of the best artwork i've seen actually compared to probably yeah, so all the I'm other mangas skeptic that is it actually drawn or is it like cg because it's so re- like it's like photo realistic yeah you know like it's too perfect so i don't know maybe the artist is just really good the art is really realistic and well drawn, but the fight scenes themselves are not realistic at all. Like yeah, Holy Land or Tepu or even Hajime de Oipo, I think they're much more realistic. Yeah. They're drawn more cartoony. This is drawn more real life, but the fight scenes themselves are like not realistic. Somebody <laughs> grabs you by your collar and you just punch their forearm and just break it. <laughs> it's like, that's not going to happen. No, this is what will happen. If you punch that hard, <laughs> their arm will break. They'll just lose their grip. <laughs> They'll just lose a grip or like nothing will happen because you're hitting something that has like a rebound. To Elastic. Your like yeah. it's a sweatshirt. So it just stretches. Like it's not like it's not like they held the arm there like on a thing and like on like a guillotine and like whoosh, like broke it like a karate board. It's like it's on cloth and like it's going to move around. You're so just it's like how, how strong does the cloth have to be? And secondly, how strong does their grip have to be? <laughs> it's, it's so secured on there that you could just punch and break it. You know, what's funny is a lot of people actually um, argue about like certain weird physics in anime and say, like oh it's because of like like aura and like their their uh like their energy or like the key i guess that like changes things around but i'm like yeah i don't i don't know man <laughs> no i don't know or, or like yeah you guys ever heard of ruby oh yeah that was a youtube like kind of uh Mr. Teeth? cgi series right yeah oh i love ruby um and like the so it looks like video game cgi though it doesn't look that good to me it's the fun fact about ruby is it's made by you guys know monty um he had a YouTube channel, right? He had a YouTube, he had a, he had a YouTube sh- like a short series called Dead Fantasy, where he took all these like models of video game characters and he made them fight each other. And the fights were like so well choreographed because I guess he was a martial artist. That's what I heard. Um, and like he animated and it, it was so well done. And like, if you check it out, like if you watch like two seconds of it, you'll be like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and, he, and he got so big that like he became famous like on the internet. And then later they gave him his own show, Ruby, where he kind of uses his chosen like kind of like video game 3D animation. Uh, to animate but like some of the uh, the physics all in my opinion they make sense um but it is pretty far-fetched like oh yeah like i don't get why like when they launch this it launches the girl in the air but when she does it like in this moment it it doesn't like it's it's like situational and then they're like oh yeah it's because of like like aura and like their like power so <laughs> I, I i let it slide just because it looks so good <laughs> but didn't he die right after he died. yes he so he died Right after the Netflix deal or something? Around around season three, he died. And that's when you see the quality of the fight scenes, like, diminish. Like, the fight scenes start to become, like... Somebody else took it over? Yeah, someone else took over. and um, uh, Or, like, yeah, they, they just didn't have him doing the key animations, I guess, anymore. So it just looks like really uh, cliche anime fights, like, run and slash and hold it and uh, smile and then jump and talk more. And then you slash, and then you t- that's bleach. Slash, talk, 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 talk. That was kind of a sad day for online nerds. I didn't watch Ruby or this. Sh- I didn't watch Ruby or or his other stuff. 
I'll edit out the, the no, it's all good. I I don't care. I, I, I have I cussed it. before? Cussed a lot. Oh, <laughs> f- it, then. I've already messed this up. Don't have your students listen to this. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, I mean, if they do, it's like uh, I'll disclaim. Like, uh, hey, there's like maybe some like profanity. So it's like a rap album. We just have to put that parental advisory. Ad- yeah, advisory. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll try to stay away from it, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna let something slip eventually. Yeah, we'll edit you out. The rest of us, (laughs) it might be too much. But what I was saying was, it was like a sad day where I wasn't even that aware of his work. But when he died, all the internet like nerds just started freaking out. Yeah, there was actually a moment where um, he died and then people were messaging, I guess, the uh, co-director or like the producer or something who was like, really good friends with Monty. And they were like, what's going to happen to Ruby? What's going to happen to Ruby? And I guess it happened so much that she was like, uh, she got mad and she was like, everyone shut up. Like my friend just died. So like be quiet. And then the internet was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then if you're looking for this thing, Ruby is spelled with a W, with right? W R W B Y. Yeah. That's uh, dude. It's such, I, I love that show. They, they do a bad job of explaining anything though. Yeah. So in the beginning, there's a whole thing about semblance and like, no, not semblance about like dust and like uh, the crystals and fire and water that like they'd never, ever explain ever again. <laughs> and then when other things happen, you're like, why don't they explain that? Like, why don't they explain that stuff? Why do they explain this stuff that like doesn't matter at all? This is what happens when animation comes homegrown from YouTube. It's just YouTube logic. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I think Ruby's good, though. Like, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's definitely a fun show. Yeah, I don't know if I would call it good, but it's something. Uh, <laughs> you can find it on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it has its flaws like any show, but um, I definitely liked it. Uh, good fight scenes and good, uh, really well-written characters uh, and dialogue. So, yeah. Let's go to the next one you covered, Holy Land. Holy Land. Which is, I'm surprised that they never made an anime of it yet. They have made live action stuff. I think I covered Kenichi and then Holy Land, but I'm down to talk about Holy Land. Yeah, let's just go in whatever order <laughs> All right, well, i don't care it's, there's no order um yeah uh yeah holy land that's awesome you watched the the k-drama did you watch it i watched like a couple clips but i didn't have time to watch it re- no yeah they're long <laughs> and that's uh, holy land is a is one that paul had recommended it but then i think i finished it before him because by the time he had recommended it he didn't get to all the middle chapters where it gets really angsty and he's just like there's like 10 chapters of just depression. Yeah, he has to get over his initial like, <laughs> it's like even 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 Evangelion. I always pronounce it wrong. Evangelion. Yeah, it's like a, for like the longest time, he's like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, everybody with severe depression online <laughs> love Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, that's I, like, depending on the anime or manga that they recommend, you could kind of determine their mental health. Oh, t- uh, totally. Yeah, like, uh, I could relate so much to Holy Land or I could relate so much to Evangelion. Then you're like, oh, this kid has some problems. Dude. I remember at some point I stopped doing that because I was like, I guess I could, if I wanted to, I could project myself onto any character. So I was like, I, I'll just, I'm going to stop. Yeah. Basically, he becomes like the saddest in Holy Land and Evangelion, but Holy Land is just like the saddest, most depressed dude yeah. ever for he, a while. You know what he reminds me of? Is he reminds me of like Ippo, but if he wasn't positive all the time. Cause he's just as nice. Like he's like, I don't want anyone to get hurt and like this, but um, uh, yeah, there's like a hint of like, it, uh, like sadness there, like a, like depression and uh, like mental health that I guess only punching can solve. So yeah. I did like the fact that he practiced a one, two forever. For, at 5,000. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. Times a day. I don't think any other manga anime 
kind of emphasize that if you just have a good one two, that's enough to win most fights. It's uh, I was I was teaching a class recently, um, and I I taught I drilled a jab and a cross with the kids, and then just like a lead lead front kick for like the entire class. And then I was like, all right, now we're gonna do it like this, and now we're gonna do it like this, and I we just did like those three moves in different ways for like the whole class and then i had them spar and then th- now there's kids like who are like oh my gosh yeah i can i can kick them like th- and, and i and i told them at the end i was like like you don't need you know like you don't need the round kicks and like the i mean round kick, you do new yorkers you don't need like the hook kicks and like you don't need to build all these like random skills i was like if you just know how to use like two or three techniques in different patterns you'll pretty much like be really good yeah the best athletes are always known for one or two things mike tyson yeah. has one or two techniques that he hooks off each other like yeah. the hook to the uppercut or even like even I, I don't like praising him too much but even mayweather who is like um like he really adapts to like whatever his opponent's doing so you know like in boxing it, it like i said it can become complex and strategic but it's 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 like you use your hands to punch there's only so many ways you can punch with your hands right like there's probably a lot but he, he adapts and then he makes it work i guess with the point system but um I don't know. Like, yeah, like you said, it's it's the professionals. They know their basics and then they just use it in different. You see it with Crow Cop where people say, how does he high kick everybody so often? And it's because he pairs it with the left straight. And because it's all coming from the same side, opponents never know which one is going to set it up because he has very few tells. So if you put your hand up high to block the kick, he'll just go with the left straight. But if you lower it, in order to try to parry off his punch, then he'll just throw to the left high kick. So once you have just that kind of weapon down, you can get a bunch of people to buy into it. You see it now with Dominic Reyes in the UFC. He gets everyone with that. Like, I'm gonna throw the kick. Just kidding. Here's a punch. I'm gonna punch you. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here's a kick. Uh, I'm not too. I'm not too good on fighters. Like, uh, but uh, even like Senchai. Uh, he, I did a video on that. That was a video before the one I did recently, right? He does like a, he only does like a couple things. Like he'll, he'll front kick or he'll whatever punch or he'll like grab your leg and then like off of the leg grab, he only does like two things, right? He, he, he just like grabs your leg and punches you or he kicks you or like he'll do like a sweep or he'll do like that cartwheel thing. But it's like, it's just one of the four. And then like, while you're deciding like, which one is he going to do? He's like, yeah, I'm going to do the one you're least expecting, you know? And like, it's, it, he just reads their movements. That's pretty much all it is. Sanchai is a famous Muay Thai fighter. For those of you guys who don't oh, know, he's awesome. If you look up his name on YouTube, you'll find a lot of great highlights and clips. He does a sick kick where he handstands on one arm and then kicks the guy in the face. Uh, it's awesome, and I'm totally gonna try to do it on my next uh, thing. You know, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, right? Me and Paul get into the weeds with MMA. We've been watching this for so long, and also training, but. Actually, from reading martial arts and MMA manga and watching some anime that is related to it, because before I wouldn't watch that stuff or read that stuff. I read other stuff like, you know, Full Metal Alchemist. Or Which is like, also really good. You know, like regular, you know, popular anime, not so much the martial arts ones. But once I started like paying attention to the martial arts ones, I realized how much the culture influences fighting style. So I actually learned not so much technique, but how a country's culture shapes you as a fighter because one of the problems that paul and i have discussed a lot is when japanese fighters or korean fighters come to mma or even in kickboxing but in particular mma first of all their wrestling isn't that great and also their striking is so repetitive 
it's very like easy to predict what they're going to do. And they have a lot of early success, but then for better or worse, they kind of cap out at a certain point, which is just the one, two, like so many of them just rely on a one, two. But the reason they even got to the UFC or got this far was because their one, two was better than everybody else's. Oh, wow. Like a lot of the American fighters, when they do a one, two, it's not as straight. It's kind of loopy because they don't focus that much on it. They're trying to like trick you out. They're using other strategies. So uh, if you look at the boxing system in Asia, the way they rise up the ranks and the testing to be even become a pro, they test your one, two, they test your basics. There's so much about the basics. So for better or worse, it makes them really good at the basics. But then at the same time, now it makes sense to me why they cap out later, because culturally they were so reinforced with the basics that at the highest level, when you have to do more advanced stuff or more tricking stuff, because everybody else knows the basics, they have a hard time adapting. And I, I get it now. It's because the culture kind of emphasizes the basics too much and it kind of hurts them at the highest levels of prize fighting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like if you basics are good, but when you uh, try to follow the basics too much it's like well what what if you have to make adjustments like you're gonna be bad at me you're gonna be bad at making adjustments there you go yeah like if for your situation right if you're teaching kids or for self-defense you don't need anything more than the basics i'm talking about just the highest levels of prize fighting where you're trying to fight for millions of dollars like most people will never be there so they don't have to worry about anything beyond the basics right and that's another problem in itself trying to learn advanced shit too early but now it makes sense like I think there is this Eastern philosophy is like, you don't need anything more than the basics. And when you get to the UFC <laughs> or you fight people from Europe or Thailand or America, you're like, yeah, you do. You need some other shit. Yeah. Creativity. There's like personality too, like tenacity. There's all that kind of stuff. I think when Sam mentions about creativity and basics, I saw that come to life when Tension fought Horiguchi. Because Tenshin will have that creativity at the highest level and he's able to adapt on the fly. And Horiguchi has that karate background where he comes in, darts in and now has very strong fundamentals. And Tenshin won that fight, but you got to see that play out in real life. Like, how would that work? And it was almost like a rehash of when Kid Yamamoto, rest in peace, fought Masato back in the day. And then you saw, well, how is the MMA guy going to adjust against the better and more decorated kickboxer. So it's interesting because all four are Japanese. So you got to see that cultural difference play out as well. One of the interesting things, though, about Holy Land is the emphasis on the one-two, which I thought was great. Like I had never seen something where it shows that's all most people will ever need, just the one-two. And then he learned like a front kick or something. And uh, it's it, like, was the, you only the, it was a round kick, yeah. Was it the round kick? Yeah, I think, I believe it was a round kick. Yeah, because he, he did the one-two and then he would like uh, shin kick the guy in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. And so he got to like one of the highest levels in just street fighting from just those three moves for a while, right? Yep. And then um, the way they talked about like your environment or the clothes you're wearing, how that affects fighting. But overall, I wouldn't say it's the most accurate or realistic fighting manga. It gives a pretty good perspective, but uh, that's just like one country and one, also one guy's perspective. Like, I don't know how much research he did, um, but uh, like some of the stuff I would read and I'm like, no, I've definitely been in a fight where that didn't happen or like, or the person didn't react this way or like something, you yeah. know? So, so, so I don't know, but it's it's the only one out there that's that uh to, to that degree of like street fighting, I guess that that at least I've read. So now Holy Land's not perfect, but when you compare it with KSK, where 
You have a rapist who essentially <laughs> looks like the creator to Pepe Le Pew and say like, I want that guy, but I want him to be a hero too. God. That's what it read like to me. Like, oh gosh, what? and it's also extremely racist. Like it's the way racist. Drew, <laughs> dude, it's racist. Like, it's... The, like the way they drew all the Brazilians, they all look like they they had mental like mental handicaps. Oh yeah, have you seen Brazilian people? They're beautiful. Man. I know, dude. They're always ranked as some of the most beautiful people. But like, this guy, yeah. well, that's the thing I also get from like a lot of these manga authors. Like Holy Land, it seemed like a teenage like. Uh, revenge fantasy where like when i was in high school i used to get beat up or whatever so i'm gonna recreate the way i wish yet gone and it's their fantasy <laughs> right yeah. of how they wish it went down and uh a lot of the kids who read it and love it they're like oh yeah that's their fantasy role play too right it's this fantasy revenge like scenario in their mind would, would that count as a power fantasy or like is that something what, is that what the definition of power fantasy is is that like you want to become strong or you know yeah, and that's a that's a thing you'll hear often in most anime and manga. So always like, I want to be strong. <laughs> like you don't see that often in uh, American stuff, but they're always like, not even the best fighter. I want to be the strongest. And then that's where I find Tepu interesting, where she's like, I want to lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or even like, oh, uh, Baki, have you guys watched that? Yeah. Oh, I want God. to know defeat. Like it's so it, that's so crazy. Baki is so good because it's so bad. <laughs> It's probably the least realistic. Uh, yeah. Not even in fight scenes, just the story, the way they're, they actually have bad anime acting. <laughs> like, it's just bad in every way. Pretty which bad. Which makes it so good. I love Baki. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's so, like, in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, only a person who is like a insane and like a really good fighter and is like so like, okay with being in danger would say something like that. Like. You know, like the the guy who gets his when his hand gets yeah. cut off, and he's like, "I've always wanted to punch without a fist in the way," and he punches him. Like, yeah, only like only he would say that. You know? Yeah. The first episode, the guy survived the electric chair. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then it was like five minutes in. It's like if you could survive the electric chair, what kind of fighting style is gonna beat you? Hey, well, yeah. What's gonna What's gonna defeat you? Crazy thing about Baki is none of these people are superhuman. They're all regular humans. Yeah. They're just like. If you're really strong and buff, <laughs> you could survive anything. Oh god, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how influenced people are by like super unrealistic things, but I ho- hopefully no one out there is like, I'm fine. I I I I can survive the electric chair or something. I don't know. Like I wonder if the Baki producers, if somebody draws a scene that looks too realistic, they're like, "No, no, no. This is garbage. <laughs> that looks too real. Get rid of that." The editor's like, that. "No, that's that's what it would really look like. Yeah. The guy took a shotgun blast like, oh, this won't. And he flexes. And then all the bullets, came, all the pellets came out. <laughs> so let's change pace. The other one you covered, classic. Hajime no Ippo. Hajime no Ippo, yeah. Which is one of the oldest uh, animes and, and mangas. I think it might have been one of the oldest ones to come to the US also. I, I think it's, yeah, it's it's so crazy that like this one and like, this one and, and, and JoJo's and Dragon Ball are like the three that I'm like, how has it been around for so long? Like, And they're still going. And they're still going. And it's it's like still not like it's still pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a thousand something chapters in or 12. I don't know. Twelve hundred. Uh, something like that. It's I know it's over a thousand. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was cool. I was like, yeah, that's what it feels like to get punched when you're like in that state, I guess, you know, or it's, there's a ton of uh, boxing manga, actually. 
that's a huge genre in itself. Guess wait, yeah, I think so. What was the other one? Like oh, it's like Megalobox or uh... yeah, there's Megalobox. There's uh, Ashita Nojo. There's uh, Ashita Nojo. Yeah, Triple R. Have you seen Triple R? I have not seen Triple R. That one's really good. I really like that one. It is really well drawn. I would put that up there with KSKM, but also it has a really good like heartfelt story. It's just like a really good Rocky story that's really well drawn and draws the fight scenes really well. It tries to be as educational as like, let's say, Holy Land, but the story seems much more, seems more like a movie. Wow. Okay. I'm not, I, I, I should check that one out. Yeah. Rock and Roll Ricky Tal, I think is called. Rock and Roll. He's <laughs> like a former rock kind of wannabe and then he becomes a boxer. So that's like a whole genre in itself. Uh, Hajime no Ippo, it's not super realistic, but I think later on, like now is chapter one bazillion. I think they're becoming more realistic. Like they're talking about brain damage now, finally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, do you see the guy who, the, the one negative comment that I read so far on my anime video was like, this guy comments, um, would not recommend Hajime no Ippo. He gets brain damage later and then he quits fighting. It's not interesting. The end. And I'm like, what about the 1000 chapters before? That. And it's still going. And I think he's making a comeback or something. But yeah, if you look at the Reddit threads about when each episode or each chapter was being released, and then the fans find out, oh, shit, Ippo might have brain damage. They were crushed. Yeah, it uh, people were mad. Um, but I guess people are always gonna be mad. Uh, but I, I thought that it was gonna take what I said to David was when he told me that I was like, oh, maybe he'll go on to teaching like you know that's what you do when you're really good and then you can't do the fighting anymore and um, my heart always lies in teaching because i'm a teacher so I, I i love that kind of stuff so he did he started teaching that one kid and then that happened did you guys see the latest chapter no no, no? Okay. i i kind of skipped ahead and read summaries of the later ones but i've been just oh, kind of trucking along the the original story which is kind of interesting also that it's not very realistic but what they do try to do is bring facts from like boxing history. Yes. They try to like teach you a lot of, less about technique and more about boxing history. Here's a fighter from this era and this was his move. Here's a certain, you know, style uh, yep. from this era. And they go way back to like early 1900s. Oh yeah, with the whole like flashback with the teacher. Yeah, it's 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 good. Like Dempsey Roll to like, do they cover Jack Johnson? I think maybe Probably. later on. Probably. Yeah, and like you talked about it, the frog punch, frog which was from, yeah, from uh, back in from, the day. From Koichi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because Ippo's been around for so long, I think a lot of kids, when they grow up, they have that as their first introduction to boxing. When I was a kid, it was either that or Slam Dunk. And because Slam Dunk had more complete chapters, I was like, I'm just going to get it. So I got into basketball really early as a kid because Ippo was in chapters and people already... Uh, borrowed it at my local library so i was like i'm just gonna get into slam dunk so i was into basketball for a long time and i didn't get into ipo until i was in like middle school and high school i was like oh this is cool i don't know why i missed out on it so early yeah same here i remember well i, I guess i remember looking at it and i was uh, it's kind of closed-minded of me but i was like the art style looks kind of like like the characters like the ipo characters don't necessarily look cool you know like the designs they look like kind of like dor dorky people in a sense. So I was looking at it and I was like, it's kind of dorky. It's like, I wouldn't read it. But yeah, I didn't read it until like, uh, maybe like a year or two ago. Well, that one started like in the 70s or 80s. So super old. So that is how anime or manga style looked back yeah. then. If you read a lot of the older ones and then you kind of compare it like every five years to another one that came out, like you see the evolution of uh, Japanese style of drawings. Like if you look at the old, Ashita Nojo from the 60s, 
that one you actually read left to right. They had adopted the American style because this was like, you know, post, you know, World War II. Oh, yeah, and, we love America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was drawn very much like old school American comic strip style. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And even the way they drew it, it was drawn very much like from, you know, if you were looking at a scene, it was drawn from far away. So you'd see the whole scene like a comic strip, like old time comic strips. That's how like a lot of the old Didn't, manga like, looks. Change angles a lot or anything or very few close ups. It was always like the whole thing in one one frame. Yeah. So yeah, it's evolved over time. But Ippo is kind of a you know, the classic manga character versus Tepu, right? Like Tepu is the opposite of what Ippo is, where Ippo kind of sucks and then he just kind of over time gets good and he has like this can do super positive spirit, you know? <laughs> yep. So if you ever want to be uplifted or like see a character that's always just positive and never gives up, like Ippo is the guy. He's, oh, he's such a nice. Sometimes I'm like, how is he so nice? Like, jeez. Stop being so nice. It's hard to be in a bad mood if you read Hajime no Ippo. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And every character is fun too. Aoki and like, all those guys. What's outrageous, though, is his coach is <laughs> probably the worst boxing coach in history. Like, Ipo is getting his butt kicked, like, in every fight, and he never throws in the towel, or at least the ones I read. It's like, in real boxing, you would throw in the towel at this point. And it's like, no, 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 Ipo, don't be a wuss. Keep going. <laughs> They're, like, carrying him over to the, to the corner in between rounds. Like, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> keep going it's like dude that is like a reprehensible coach if you want to talk about yeah if you want to talk about bad teachers um that's it. you guys ever uh watch or read uh uh my hero academia yeah or boku no hero academia if you're annoying um so it's like i love i love my hero academia uh and like the the art styles actually i have a very love-hate relationship with it um but the art style is really good that's what it was one thing that really impressed me but the teachers all are like terrible like they let things Go, like they let things happen all the time. I maybe it's because I'm a teacher that like I don't like that, but I'm like, no, you're supposed to teach them how to like you're teaching them how to be a hero, but also how to be like a person. Like they're young and they don't do that. Like Bakugo is constantly bullying other kids or like or like like threatening their life. And like the teacher stands there and just like watching him. I'm like, dude, like kick his kick his ass. Are you see like if that happened if I was teaching, like I would punch him in the head a lot i guess because i could in japan you could um but like it's it, oh dude it's true that i remember being in elementary school my friend was just acting out in class the teacher went up to him and just like did like a drop elbow on his head and i was like oh okay and that's, that's just fine like discipline is a factor there you know but not in that classroom for some reason well i think those kind of animes right they're less grounded in reality the ones that are based on actual fighting like yeah. sports they try to ground themselves in reality <laughs> Or they ground it in, I guess, less like it's kind of a fantasy for uh, Boku no Hero. But I just said Boku no, it's my Japanese in me. Uh, so Hero Academia is kind of yeah. Um, it's you know it's 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 for the kids who go to school because school is such a big social uh, thing in Japan that like how many animes are like in a school setting, you know, or like or even like how many animes are are centered around a school. There's like Soul Eater. There's like all these like the, the Academy of like you know Oron High School Host Club. The yeah, um, but like. Because of that, like I guess it appeals to those kids who go to school and they're like, wow, I wish school was like this. So I guess that's why the teachers let them use like their superpowers or like you know let them get away with like the dialogue that's going on because people want to say those things. But at the same time, like, I I don't know, I'm really turned off by it because I, I I I hate school and um all of this is just teen fantasy. Stuff, yeah, it's, you know? or it's Japanese kid teen fantasy. So I don't. So that's one thing I don't identify with. I don't identify with like going to school and like all that kind of stuff. 
I don't know if we already covered it. Maybe we covered it before we started recording, but you started teaching in high school. You know, you were teaching karate and then you realized school's not for me. And then as soon as you graduated, you became a full-time karate instructor. Not as soon as I graduated, I, like maybe like a year or two after, because I was still part-time. So when I was 17, I started doing part-time and 18 also. And then like around 19, my uh, I was offered like a full-time position. They're like, yeah, you're getting like, you know, really good here. And I, we'd like to have you full time. They're like, 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 think about it, you know, like if you want to do it. And at that point I was, that was a huge point in my life where I was like, I want to transfer from Pierce. And I was, my plan was to go to Otis, the art college to become um, uh, an, an artist. But yeah, after, I guess I sat down for like eight hours and I, I was drawing and going all this school, I was like, dude, this is so boring. And I'm much happier uh, whenever, like anytime I'm on the mat teaching karate. So, um, yeah, I just said bye to school and then I took up the full-time job and it's, it, dude, it's been awesome. Like it's been, I still love going to work every single day. You're like living the anime life. <laughs> you, <laughs> Am you, I? you graduated high school. Now you're teaching martial arts full-time and you're drawing on YouTube. <laughs> it's, I guess <laughs> that is the, the teen fantasy. I guess so. Maybe all the comic strips you draw online are about you. So you are your own character because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to draw a character who teaches karate, who has long hair. Wait, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I guess that's true. You were probably drawing a character like that before anyway, and then you just decided to become the character. Do you think it's like flipped around like uh, artists make characters derived off of like who they essentially see themselves at or want to see? Don't you see the narrative I've been creating here? That this is <laughs> part of some like weird, twisted team fantasy you've had your whole life. So I'm like, I'm like planning. Yeah, it's like I don't know, but I'm secretly just becoming. This, this is therapy right now. We're trying to figure you <laughs> therapy. out. Therapy. <laughs> all right, interesting. I'm all down for therapy. Yeah, look at all the anime character arcs where Sam mentioned about teen angst, and it's about people getting better, and it's a theme you see especially within Japanese manga, where if you apply enough you study enough, you train hard enough, you'll get better. Whereas yeah. a lot of American comic books is you either have superpowers and oh, it's gifted okay. to you. There's so many shows. You're, you're right. Like there's so many shows now where uh, they're kind of including that whole like anxiety driven kind of like a uh, narrative, right? Or like yeah. the, the main point, like uh, this character suffers with like this thing or like uh, it, it caters a lot to like people now who have like anxiety and I guess it's more well-known and I don't know how much of those people have actual anxiety and how much of it they say it's anxiety, but it's just them feeling bad. But like, it's, it's like, it's so weird how it's dealt in different ways. Like in, like in Japan, anxiety has always been a thing. Cause like, if you look at Japanese people, like it's um, like, like they're like, we're weird, man. Like there, there's like weird stuff that goes on in Japan. There's like the gas bombing in like 1995 or something. And uh, there's like an earthquake every day. So you yeah. always feel like the ground isn't even stable. <laughs> and like the, the, the suicide rates are super high. And it's like people there suffer from this emotional, like, uh, like when you, from a younger age, this emotional tragedy um, that goes on. So there's all this media about like getting better and like you have to put yourself out there and it's, and it's not easy but um it, you know you don't ha you don't have to be unhappy like you, you got you got to work for it you know kind of thing uh, sometimes at least um and then i yeah and, and like in the american one it's kind of like did we like let's just figure this out and like we have superpowers cool you know yeah instead of training into it it's more like you discovered you had it the one i can recently think of is you guys watch moana do you guys like pixar movies yeah yeah i love pixar movies um uh, I love Disney, but um, in Moana, the whole message in the beginning was like, she was like, I want to go to the ocean and like do this. And then her dad's like, no, like you got a job here to do. And she's like, that doesn't make me happy. And he's like, well, you don't have to be 
like you can be happy exactly like you know where you are like you can find happiness anywhere and that's what the dad said and i remember being like yeah that's true but then she was like oh but i want to do this like this like this like i feel it inside of me and i'm like that's also true because like there's a there's like an urge inside you like you find a passion it's like you got to do it so uh, there's like the whole duality in mono of like is she is she like gonna do her own thing or is she gonna like be okay with like you know who she is and at the very end it's like uh, she just kind of like figures out like her grandma comes by as like a manta ray and then she's like yeah i can i'm just gonna put the stone back and then become the chief and also sail on the water and she figures something out like an algorithm and then it makes her life better through i guess through a long trip that was like hard like she had to learn how to sail and she had to work together and blah 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 but um yeah, I don't know. It's if it, it, like in the long run, it feels like it just kind of like flips. So yeah. that I guess I don't know if that's apparent for all um, American stories. Probably not. I mean, I'm sure there's stories out there where people have to actually like work hard and train. But um, it's these win-win scenarios where like, oh, we found the perfect match where everybody wins. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, real of. life's not like that, right? And uh, I think a lot of the you know even the more cartoonish, unrealistic uh asian cartoons because the reason why i say asian because he, i grew up you know in korea so even like a lot of the korean cartoons are very similar to j- japanese ones where you're not gonna have a movie like that if moana was a japanese or a korean movie you can't have a movie like that without a training montage you're gonna have like this long ass middle training montage and secondly like in even cartoons for little kids like six seven characters will die like if you watch a thing for little little kids in the u.s characters never die Oh yeah. Oh. yeah, death is not something you deal with. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. in, I think maybe even in Europe or other countries, maybe they deal with death a lot more. So you'll deal with death and sacrifice, and that a lot of times there is no win-win situation. You just got to do the best with what you got. In Japan, especially uh, when I was a kid, like they they do introduce a lot of things early on, like where babies come from, uh, things like like things like death, and like even like bloodshed is so common in like anime that is like essentially for kids you know or like or like nude scenes like the like the boy peeking in on the girl and being like <laughs> like that's that's uh i don't know what it is but uh yeah like i remember being like five years old six years old i woke up one morning i couldn't i couldn't go to sleep uh it was like 5 a.m and i couldn't uh, sleep so my older cousin she's like i think she was like eight or nine she like hears me in the morning kind of just like or she sees me just like sitting there like on the bed and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can't sleep. And it's like 4 or 5 a.m. And she's like, oh, I'll read you a story. So she just picks like a, a a book from the shelf and she opens it. And it's like a picture book of like, where do babies come from? And it shows like, like what goes on. Like there's like a drawing of like a lady and like the head coming out in between her legs. And like, she's reading it to me. Like, and it's like, and this, the baby come from here, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I remember just being okay with it as a kid. I was like, that's where babies come from. A spot between the legs of women. Huh. And then I go, I went on my life just like normally, you know, if your students are listening to this, they're like, what? <laughs> I mean, the stork. Oh, shoot. My students. <laughs> yeah. Even if you when you mention My Hero Academia, 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 whatever. Hiraka, some people call it Hiraka. Because he gets superpowers, but he still has to train. He does. He has to train really hard for it. He has to clean the beach. Like, here, this beach and is even dirty. after Go he gets it. the power, what's awesome is that like he uses it and then it destroys him. And he's like, this solves nothing. Like he's like, I have to still like train this power. So it's yeah, it's a good like hard work kind of a, a motive that they kind of put in. Yeah, the power he gets reminds me of Shazam. Where oh, he can, yeah, he can only activate it for a little bit and then he has to go back to being who he was. I'm so excited about the new Shazam movie. 
So excited. So let's go on to the next one. Kenichi, the Mightiest Disciple. All right. <laughs> so this one is the least realistic out of the ones you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember I watched this like years ago and I was like, I can't watch this. Uh, man, that's what so I said. Bad. That's what, So Taj was the one who introduced it to me and I would just constantly rip on it. And he's like, Dude, just like, he's like, it's just, just watch it with me. Like, come on. Like, you don't have to hate everything. And I'm like, okay, fine. And it was still a good show, uh, but definitely not realistic at all. So why did you put it on the list? Because the Seiko Ken, like that's actually like the best thing ever. Uh, the whole thing with the bubble. Um, and actually the the artist for Kenichi, he actually did a, a a series before Kenichi where it was exactly just Kenichi, but it was like a realistic version. So he actually took the story and like um, no one had like superhuman strength. It's just like all this stuff was the result of training and it was actually better. So I don't know why they didn't publish that one. But uh, the other weird thing about Kenichi is instead of being an MMA fighter where you mix all these like kind of more realistic combat styles. Kenichi mixes every weird, every, like, like weird woo woo, like mystical martial <laughs> art to become like the ultimate woo woo mixed martial artist. <laughs> yeah. Every energy martial art there is, yeah. he's it's, learned them he's all. Like, he's like he's like an OC, like that you make when you're like fifteen, like uh, not fifteen, oh maybe fifteen. Like it's like my character is a, uh, like he has this arm guard here, and he also knows kung fu. Like that's like the addition that you put. Like he's like that character. Like he just. What did you say? OC? OC OC is like original character. You know, the people who draw their own like anime characters on DeviantArt. <laughs> of course, because, you know, we all know what OC is, right? Oh, I, 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 I sorry, was thinking I you were assume. talking about Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So for, I guess for the viewers who don't, OC means, yeah, original uh, character. And you know, Listeners, not viewers. Oh, listeners, sorry. Um, I forgot that no one can see me, so I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I just flipped off the microphone. Uh, and you keep tossing your hair, but nobody can appreciate it. That's just the, that's, oh, you're right. Well, they can like feel the energy. Like, they're like, I'm <laughs> the getting, aura. Yeah, they're like, I'm getting aroused. And I don't the know key. why. Hair energy. <laughs> hair energy. Exactly. I lost my train of thought. I'm so ADHD. Um, anyways. Yeah. Not realistic, except for the Seiku Ken. Explain what that is. So the Seiku Ken is like, uh, it, so say means, uh, what does it mean? Hold on. It means like system. Um, and then ku means like air or like sky or air. So like the airspace around you. And then ken is like control, right? Or like to, to conquer. Uh, so it's basically like you you have full control. You, you, you have full control and awareness of the airspace around you. So in the manga, they depicted it or the animated, they depicted as a little bubble around you. And then you can't, you know, uh, it's, it's like your area. And if someone comes into that area or if someone strikes your bubble, it's like because you f- like feel it come in like you're able to block it and i'm doing this with my hands but they can't see me um but also when people like in the show like they would go like they would enter the seiku can like like with their face or their upper body or something the person would like like hit them like right on the spot um and i think that's awesome because that's really how you should view your your fighting in a sense because i think my biggest problem when i was uh, learning how to spar was like i believe that i had to either go in and like succeed with this combo or if the person came in I, i'm gonna okay i'm gonna block strategic i'm gonna know what they're gonna do then i'm gonna block it strategically and then come up with like the perfect counter and like that's 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 what i was trying to do and like it wouldn't work because like that only limits me to like doing two things or as opposed to like if i'm moving around and like i just read their movement and they come close to me for like a second i can be like oh there's my second to like hit them or um you know their hand comes near me and i block it okay i block this hand you know what position am i in i can do i can do this or i can i can do one of these and try to kick and you know sometimes you miss sometimes you don't but it's much more just flowy and 
it's it's a streamlined of like a it, it kind of visualizes the whole like distance thing in the anime they draw it as like an actual bubble that's yeah it's kind an of, actual bubble that's kind of closing in so basically the way i took it was there's the center of attention that you should be focusing on for your attacks but then that little bubble of attention is constantly closing because they're kind of uh you have this window to attack yeah. and that window is going to disappear so that's one concept and also you can't pay attention to everything no so you it's can't. like pay attention to this one area and look for openings so i think that's helpful like in that yeah like in actuality like it won't be like a like, in the manga it's like a 360 bubble around you like a perfect force field or in actuality it's going to probably be like a i don't know like a windshield you know it's <laughs> just like just like right here in front of your face um, and then like, you know, when I turn this way, it's the windshield's going to be over here. Well, what if they hit me over here? And like, it's, um, but it's a good way to visualize it. Cause, uh, the, the biggest thing I teach for the kids when they're sparring is like, uh, and it's, it's really easy. I, I try to make it easy for like a, a kid to understand is like, uh, you know, a red light, yellow light, green light. Like I, I ask the kids like, what does red mean? They're like, stop, you know, what does green mean? Go. So I tell them like, this is called the red zone where if like you're right in front of the person where they can reach you with their hand, well, they're going to hit you with their hand. So I was like, don't be in the red zone, right? This is the green zone. And I stand really far away from whoever I'm demonstrating with. And I asked the kids like, can they, can he hit me right now? And they're like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, I say to my assistant, like, okay, throw a kick. And they throw a kick and it's like they're like 12 feet away from me. And I'm like, yeah, it's safe. Like there's there's nothing that's like hitting me. And I was like, what would you call this zone? And like we stand kind of like a little bit near each other. And they're like, oh, that would be yellow. I'm like, yeah, because is it safe? Is it dangerous? It could be just from one step, you know? So then that kind of helps them like, oh, like I should be in this zone where it's like I can hit. But like if I need to, I would have to like move away. Um which is uh, I use the floor for that, you know, like the like the where their feet should be. But in Kenichi, they use it as like a like a like a bubble essentially. It's yeah. like, it, it 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 more covers the upper torso. So I guess it's just a different way of visualizing how this chair makes so much noise. It's a different way of visualizing um, how you should view distance um, and how you should view your attention, like uh, of where you're guarding, like uh, on the scene with a bubble opening up it's because she jumped at a new angle or something she she flew in the air impossibly like a bird um but like she jumped in the air and she was like oh there's like a blind spot there that she's not paying attention to and then once she uh freya the character looks up it starts to close because now she's paying attention to it but like they don't really show if like you know anywhere else opened up or anything but um i don't know it's just like a, you know like like a lot of martial arts philosophies it's just like a concept at first and then you have to kind of just experience it uh for yourself but that's why Kenichi's on the list I mean, you got to watch thousands of hours of Kenichi to get that one usable scene. <laughs> I, I guess so. And it's, <laughs> to get it's, that one usable technique, what, you got to watch hours. But I guess you're right. Like, I don't even know. Maybe I shouldn't have put it on the list because. Uh, Maybe you were really, you just really liked that concept, right? Like you hadn't seen it explained in an anime before. I didn't before. It was when I first watched Kenichi, I was like, okay, it's a force field around you. And I remember just being like, that's so unrealistic. But it wasn't until I got really good at fighting where I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. But it's only if you explain it in that, like Kenichi doesn't do like anything to explain it, you know? But it's only because like, but but for some reason it's so like apparent, like it, make, it, it, it makes it visual and kind of like, um, easy to understand. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm trying to take it and like use it to teach. Or you could just watch one Steven Seagal movie because that's <laughs> essentially what he does. Because I remember back in the early days when I learned Aikido, I was taught that this is your space. Think of it like a bubble. If it comes in, 
then you could redirect that energy. Yeah. And I never got into it because you had to wear that goofy uniform or look kind of like a dress. I'm like, I'm not wearing that. Oh, thank you. I, I thank you, uniform. <laughs> but I never forgot that. And then I when you watch, cool. I think when you're a kid and then the pants too look too baggy, it's like, I, th- I think that uniform, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is with like martial arts uniforms. I look at every single one of them like, that's awesome. <laughs> so unless you really have a very immature sense of humor, and really love fan service, you could basically skip Kenichi and just watch Iman's video of that one scene <laughs> I guess so. or that one concept because that's probably like, like the only like kind of cool idea in there. And then the rest of it is just comedy. Or just read Ryo's Paku, which is the original Kenichi comic. It's like 30 chapters and it's actually realistic and they actually explain the Seiku Ken. So yeah. They did the Seiku Ken in there too? They did the Seiku Ken in there and they explain it also, but... Um, he just did a rerun of himself. Pretty much, it's just Kenichi. The actual, the one right now that's going on is just like super, like it's like Dragon Ball Kenichi. Whereas oh. the re- the real Zanpaku one is like, uh, I don't know, like Hajime no Ippo Kenichi. You know, it's, it's okay. weird. And then the last one that you mentioned is Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is an American anime. Oh, I love that show. That was really good. That's one of those ones where it is fantasy, but it's also at the same time very realistic. Meaning. It obeys the rules that it sets for itself. Whereas a lot of fantasy, when they're not realistic, it doesn't obey any of its own rules. You're, you're not ever quite sure what the rules of this world is. Whereas Avatar does a really good job where you, you feel like you're there and you know what it's like to be there because it's consistent. Yeah. Like they build the world so intricately and consistently. Like even the way like when Aang is like talking and then he's like sitting down and then he gets up. It's not like him just like getting up. He like floats up. And the, the, a small, di- like, you know, a, a choice like that, it's like, oh, I want him to float up in this scene. Like that scene, like if he stood up, it would have made no difference throughout the entire show, right? It's not like that scene where he floated up is is like, now he defeated the Fire Lord or anything. But it's like, it, it just shows that like, it's like, it's so second nature to them. Like they live in this world. And like, when he does that, you as a viewer, you're not like, whoa, Aang just floated up. You're like, yeah, Aang floated up. Because like you, it, they they built it to you so that you know that like, that's the world that you're in. And it's, it, it's true. It's so consistent. That's the thing that a lot of mainstream, you know, fantasy and sci-fi don't get. Even Japanese or whatever. When it's bad, it's because they did a bad job of world building. And when it's good, they do a good job of world building. Like I've had arguments with people about superhero movies where like it does a shitty job of world building and it doesn't make any sense. Right. And they're just like, well, it's just a superhero movie, man. It's not supposed to make sense. It's like, (laughs) it doesn't matter what it is. It could be about dinosaurs. It could be about dragons, but you build a world and you do world building and then you create rules within that world. And then it's a good movie or a good story. And if you don't know what the rules are and you don't do any world building at all, then it falls apart. So a lot of people aren't trained in that unless they grew up on nerdy stuff like reading comic books and sci-fi stuff and playing role-playing games or or video games. Video games do a really good job of world building. Yeah, because you you actually have to be in that world as like the player. So you because need it has to be rules. coded. All the rules have to be code in the video game. Like some programmer had to code it in. Mm-hmm. So it has to be consistent. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Have you played that video game? No. Oh my god. So D- Jekyll and Hyde video game is like nothing makes sense. Like you're you're walking and then like. A person passes by you and like you're like oh I'm, I, like that's like a like i'm gonna hit them and then turns out they're part of the background and then another person walks by you and then they bump into you and you lose life and you're like what the, how was that was like the same person like how did i and then like the weapons still don't work on them and like you it's so, so you like con- this game there's no everyone hates this game people this is like up there as like one of the worst games ever created so, yeah, and it's a good example of like 
bad world building. Like there's nothing there that teaches you that anything makes sense. You know, yeah. like what am I supposed to look at? Do the bird are the birds enemies? Like you don't know. If you look up on YouTube videos people make of bad video games and all the ones they list, it doesn't matter what they are. That's the common theme of all of them that make them bad is the world building is bad. Like nothing makes sense. Nothing works in this game. Nothing works as a game, not as like, yeah, as a world through the gameplay, you know. It's unplayable. Not, yeah. yeah, you can't play it. <laughs> you, or you can't get as into it as like that they probably intended you to get into it. Yeah, you can't get into something like literally transport and escape into a world unless they've built a world. Yeah, if, if you hit a wall where you're like, that wouldn't make sense. Then it's like, how can you go more into the world when you're like stuck on that one? Then you realize you're playing a game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you guys played, uh, you guys ever play Final Fantasy? Yes. Back yeah, in did you play 15? I didn't go that far. Yeah. I ended at eight. Um, I played Final Fantasy, I guess it, would it be called 10 or X or it's the, the it's X one, with, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's the one with, with um, uh, Titus, Titus, Titus? Titus? I don't know how to pronounce his name because I named him Swaglord in mine, <laughs> but um, he, uh, I, I never finished it because I, um, uh, sorry to i'm pretty sure my my friend gunther's listening i'm sorry but it's just like it's so at one point at, at some point in the game it becomes not fun to play like i'm grinding for hours hitting the same button over and over and i'm like is this a game or is this like them wanting me to rack up numbers until i can finally go on to the next part um so i, I thought it was a good game i thought it was awesome but it was just was not for me but uh, in 15 like they you know they're in a world full of like monsters and like danger and then you go to like the local town and it like it looks just like this like people wearing like polo shirts and like belts with khaki shorts and and like everyone's like hey how you like top of the morning and you're like are you, you guys are in danger like what are you doing build a wall outside of your city or like have some weapons on you but everyone's just like walking around with like a coffee and like it makes no sense it makes no sense when sam brought up world building there's an anime i recently got into called overlord where it's essentially a game or it's an anime where animanga where the main character he started playing this MMORPG game and then he was one of the last people in the game and he decided, oh, it's going to get shut off. So he decided to stay in and the world comes to life. And then he stuck in it and all the NPCs, the non-playable characters, yeah. come to life as real characters. And they're so OP'd. So everybody else in the game, I think the highest level might be like a level 50 and they're all at 100. But when you brought up world building, he's trying to figure out, okay, what are the rules? who's strong, what still works. So there's certain magic casting that he does. Like, okay, this used to be effective back when this was a game. But if this is now, quote unquote, real life, is it still working? And I was like, oh, this uh, works. And he's like, hmm, dragons used to be the strongest in the game. Are they still the strongest? Let me find out. Okay, they are pretty strong, but I'm stronger. And these things are still effective, kind of like Pokemon almost. So that does a good job of setting up world, uh, world building because there's other animes where people are stuck in video games but then That's they don't a common do a, genre yeah but they don't do a good job was there uh but i mean before I, I never finished sword art because why would i but um before that was there any uh, there was like animes that did like the whole video game thing oh right? yeah yeah there's been a ton okay i've just i think sword art was just my first introduction to like oh people in a video game and i i remember thinking like oh that's pretty like a is that like a pretty american theme like you know there's like a no it's a genre in itself and that's the thing when we say anime it's not like it's like saying music it doesn't mean there's a specific kind of yeah. genre so everybody has their own genre so sometimes you might find an anime genre and you're like this isn't for me 
and some people can't get enough of trapped in a video game genre. So that's actually something I was going to talk about in, um, so I made my own channel on YouTube where I just talk about like random anime. Uh, I don't do any martial arts on it. Like I just talk about like the anime and like my perspective as like a Japanese American, like who grew up in both countries, Okay, flip flop. But uh, I remember writing a line where I was going to say like anime is kind of like uh, music or it's kind of like, I said, it's kind of like beer where there's so many different kinds of beer that like eventually you'll find a beer where you're like, I like this one because I used to, I used to say that I don't like beer when I first started drinking beer, but that's because like my limited knowledge of beer was like Coors and like Bud Light and like this, that. And then once I went to like places like Sunset Beer or like whatever other bars uh, where they have all these beer flavors, I was like, oh, wow, this is like, this is kind of tasty. Yeah, it's good. So that's, that's it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I totally agree. Like there's so like people are like anime, that's for, for kids. And I'm like, no, there's like, have you seen, like, have you heard of Cowboy Bebop or like, you know? It's there's so many different genres, like or some here. anime, Akira, dude, Akira's crazy. Well, for most people in the US, if you're an adult, like you're 30 and above, they don't even see it as kids. They're like, that's for Asian. <laughs> that's, I don't I'm American. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch that stuff. I don't know how to do the Ching Chong. What is that? Like, yeah. Um, no, but it's weird though. Like, okay, you recently you posted something with the Akira motorcycle thing. Yeah. Right. Which I, I had no idea how like many shows ripped that off or, yeah. or I guess like um, did an iteration of it. Uh, but yeah, dude, Akira is like insane because it rips through all these like cultural barriers. Like there's like random people like, uh, you know, like 40 year old American men from like, I don't know, Texas who would be like, you heard of Akira to me? <laughs> like, you Well, know? if they're cool, they know what Akira <laughs> is. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, I, I thought Akira was like American made when I was younger. Really? Just because of how kind of gritty it is. Um, and then I didn't realize that I was like, oh, wait, these are, I was like, Akira's a Japanese name. And so is Tetsuo. And so is yeah. kind of, okay, yeah, it's Japanese. And it's so unlike any other uh, regular medium of anime. Well, because when that movie was made, it was like the first feature length Japanese animation that had like a really good American voice acting uh, cast to it. Oh. Like, I don't think they were famous, but the voice acting was really good. Before Akira, it was all <laughs> So I think, yeah, you can see. <laughs> I could see why people could think that's an American one because before you knew it was Japanese because, oh, bad voice acting. Okay. Yeah. And it's because the pacing is made for Japanese pacing. Like um, even some movies now with like the, the like the, the pacing in Japanese movies are very like um, kind of like gentle. Like it's kind of calm like, or at least for the animated ones uh, where it's like people will do something and then there's like a little action that goes on and it's kind of silent. Um, or as opposed to, I, th I think in American movies, I think they spend more time on like things happening yeah where whereas in japan they kind of spend a little bit time to to uh, on like that's kind of the feeling of like the somber feeling of it or like yeah if, yeah if you guys have ever watched any like ghibli movies like miyazaki yeah. movies it's a lot of it's a lot of visual and there are some scenes where like people don't talk they're just like it's like an animation of them just like looking around with their heads for a little bit uh for like a full-on like four or five seconds but even then it's it's like that kind of pacing you don't see in america so no. when uh you know like when naruto first came to uh america there's like this scene where like he beats someone and then there's like the whole like reaction shots like uh, uh, nani? like you know and like, I, that makes sense i guess in japan because it's like yeah what are those people thinking but, but i remember listening to it in the dub and it was just like amazing and i was like that's not how you say amazing like you sound weird yeah you don't realize how important voice acting is or at least i didn't until i saw cowboy bebop because when bebop works so well with the american voicing because i think the actor that did um spike he got famous off of it, and then he does a lot of voiceover work now. And oh, was it a 
Wasn't it Steve Bloom or who who voiced Spike? I think it was Steve Bloom because I just remember he was in Logic's album, The Incredible True Story. Oh, really? Yeah, that was him because they intersped it with him talking to his crew and they're on the search for paradise. So when he mentioned Akira and voice acting is so important because when you have bad dub, it's really a. I was like, is that really what they're saying? I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah, it was Steve Bloom. You look at One Punch Man and the American voice actor. He's fantastic, too. I have actually have not heard it in English. I just heard. uh, Oh, I saw a clip, I think. And uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. He's like. Kind of just like calm and like... Well, they're both good. The Japanese one is really good and the American one is really good, which isn't common. Usually one is good and one is bad. Um, But yeah, my next video, I'm talking about dubs versus subs. So uh, I'm listing all these animes that are good in both. And the, it does... it, it You got to sit down and think That's about rare. it. That's rare. It is rare. Good at both. Like there, there are times where uh, I would be like, yeah, I like this better sub. Or like I'll be like, yeah, I like this anime better dub. But there's like a few animes where I'm like in the middle. And that is impressive to me. Because if, if I think if you get me to think that where I speak both and I can kind of like understand both, to like hit that middle point is like, wow, they like kind of like they're it's balanced. They're on, the, they're, on the, they're, on the, they're on the dot, you know? Yeah, that's weird because I prefer Dragon Ball Z. Uh, dub. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. <sighs> because so I I better. just grew up with that voice acting and Vegeta sounds really cocky. And I, then yeah, he does. <laughs> you got that over nine thousand meme. When I first heard the Japanese voices for Dragon Ball, I was so shocked. Dude, I was the, so let no down. Sense. I was like, no, it this makes no sense. No, it's because Goku. Uh, so I, I love for the listeners who are like gonna. De- I don't know if anyone's gonna defend uh japanese dragon ball but like it's awesome um masako is like the voice actress for goku right and she does a really good goku when he's a kid because he's a kid he's like i'm goku and he's like innocent and like fun and like blah like later in dragon ball z he's a father and he still sounds like a kid and people will say it's because he never actually grew up like he's still irresponsible he still like thinks like a child he still is like but like i'm i'm like yeah but that's you can still do that and not have to keep the same voice. Like Sean Shemmel, uh, Shemmel, Shemmel, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Uh, Sean Shemmel, Sean Shemmel, he, when he voices Goku, uh, Goku sounds less, in the Jap- in the dub, he sounds like an idiot. Like he sounds stupid. Like this unintelligent person talking who's really good at fighting. Whereas in, the, uh, did I say dub or sub? In the subs, in the Japanese one, he sounds stupid, right? Or in, in the dub, in the English one, he's like still like not the smartest, but he is more like um, he he's more like he, he's more calm and gentle and mature, and he still gets into trouble and has that like spark in his eye where he's like, oh, I want to fight strong people. But y- you feel like you're at ease with this guy saving the world versus the other guy who's like, Kaioken! like you know, like his voice sounds like a weird child's voice. So. Oh god! And and any scene where he screams in Japanese is like it's like it's like taking two drills and putting <laughs> in my ears. He's like ah, like for hours. You know, Dragon Ball Z is all screaming. So imagine hearing that just all the time. It's annoying. It's not fun. The first time I heard that screaming was when I played an old school like Dragon Ball video game. And when he's turning Super Saiyan, I heard that screaming. So I thought it was because of the problem with like video game sounds. Maybe it just like poor audio quality. So it just sounded really like yeah. up. And then I realized, <laughs> no, that's, that's the way it sounds in the Japanese still, it's one. It's still this woman voicing, you know, 45-year-old Goku. But she's trying not to sound like a woman. So it just sounds like a... She lowers the pitch. So it sounds like a, he sounds like a weird... Constipated woman. Yeah, I thought uh, when I was first uh, when I first heard the Japanese voice because I I did grow up with American Dragon Ball first, and then when I went to Japan, I saw like the I, I watched the rest of it. When I heard his voice, I was like, "Oh, that's I was like uh, th- that's Frieza," 
And then, because uh, it was Goku's voice. And I was like, no, wait, that's clearly, that was Goku just talking. And Frieza sounds different. And I was like, what? Is Goku's voice just like a like a child's voice? And like, even, like, I was a kid too. I was like, how old was I? I think I was like 10, 9. I wasn't even uh, that smart yet. And like, if a kid can think that, like, why does he sound so stupid? Then why would you think that it's okay for like the rest of the audience to think that? I don't know. <laughs> and then I asked you if you ever started checking out Meguru. Did you ever start reading that manga? No, I have not. So I'm the only one probably who read it. But for the listeners out there, all I would do is recommend you to check that one out. That is my on my list of probably the best martial arts manga ever. Like if you just Google best martial arts or best MMA uh, manga, it'll always come up. <laughs> Hi. And also, it has some of the most realistic drawings. It's so well drawn. That's why it takes a while for each new uh, issue to come out. Like, I caught up with it fast, and it's been going on for years. And now I'm just like, when is he going to get on to his like, third tournament? You know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's taking forever. But it, it, it's really good because they also don't just cover the basics. He's learning, like, really intricate, like, for instance, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's learning, like... Baron Bolo, instead of just like, oh, we're learning the clothes guard, like really advanced stuff. He's learning those kind of things. Like one of the guys, his name is King of Leg Locks. And one of the things he does is the Imanari role, oh, which, yo. is, which you're just seeing now in MMA. Yeah. Right? And, and it was already covered. And then he was talking about the counter to that, to that role. So whoever draws it, I think they must train and be very knowledgeable one of the reasons I heard about it was because it was always being mentioned in MMA message boards and like blogs. And usually MMA guys don't like that kind of quote unquote kid stuff. But even there with their like skeptical eye where they want to shit on it, they couldn't. It's so good. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the scenes in that manga that I think is so a, a good way to teach the one two. It's probably being used. I haven't seen it yet is to make sure it's a straight one two. They have them stand right next to a wall. Wow. So when they throw it straight and if their elbow flares out, they hit the wall. So they That's just, what? <gasps> so I'm totally using them. that. I'm totally using that. And also class. to make sure that they if they're doing a stepping jab, to make sure they step directly forward, they have to line up with the wall and just step forward and just jab like that. So he has he the main character comes from a karate background also, but they have to catch him up fast on boxing. And so like this character just spends like six months just on the one two against the wall. And so he just he just throws it so straight that even against guys who have longer reach, he's hitting them first because they're like kind of looping. So he gets to the face first. Wow. It's probably the most realistic. It has very few scenes where it's like, you know, like even the way it's drawn, nobody's like flying around. But it also shows you the systematic world of Shudo in Japan. It's like school. Everybody starts and has a rank and then they work their way up. And it's like this whole kind of very advanced feeder system. So it kind of makes me wonder also about what if we implemented some kind of like amateur MMA system like that in the U.S. It's kind of similar to the boxing system over there where you just can't like go from zero fights and then become a pro. You have to do this amateur feeder system and then you got to test in front of like these judges to get your pro card. And and so it's <laughs> it kind of makes sense, though, in Japan, it's like such an academic, like a study and exam system. They even include that into pro combat. <laughs> There's all these exams and rankings and you got to work your way up and you got to study. And Oh, that sounds so. 
So I would recommend that one. Actually, just to list off a few more. Yeah, I'm looking at the photo, uh, the pictures right now. So list off a few more. He mentioned uh, Megalobox. I would recommend Triple R. Uh, there's an old movie called Sword of the Stranger, which is a feature-length animation with some of the best sword fighting I've ever seen. You could tell they did some kind of motion capture where they had real people acted out and then they drew over them. And then another one, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but another really good one is called Moribito, which used to be on Netflix. I don't know anymore, but that's really, even though it's fantasy and there's mystical stuff happening, it's still kind of very grounded in reality as well. So I'll recommend that to our listeners. But um, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you about, which is on your Instagram, you're doing a lot of martial arts tricking. Yeah. It's everything that looks really cool in martial arts that will, doesn't work at all in a real fight. But it's competitive, right? They have they have competitive like j- like just tricking tournaments, like where you just do like power moves, and then there's also like um, it's all the acrobatic stuff of martial arts. Yeah, but also it's like people have if you want to compete and do well, you can't just do martial arts. You have to mix in the break dancing and the gymnastics and and all those. You ever things. heard of XMA or hyper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. XMA is basically all the flashy stuff that yeah. is, and then hyper is they just systemize the XMA. So it's like, uh, and I, I've done my, I've done a competition before too, and those guys are, those guys are good. Is the best one or the biggest competition the Red Bull one? That's like a, I don't know about the Red Bull because those are just like a, like, like those are, I think it's just like tricking, like you do tricks and you do corkscrews and you do all these like moves in a row, like you float together. Um, and I guess I don't know much about that, honestly. Like I, I, I follow those athletes, uh, like at least some of them, and I watch them do their crazy stuff. But the only thing I'm really well versed in is like the the actual like martial arts extreme, you know, flippy forms tournament stuff. Oh, so okay. So there's one specific for martial arts, also. Yeah, there's it's like a, there's a lot of competitors. Like, a, is there cash prizes? There's no, I don't think so. At least I've never got a cash prize. It's more for bragging rights. It's yeah, you become like a world champion, and then you get like this. It's like, oh yeah, I was a world champion in like this form. And then like usually those people after they do those tournaments will either A go on to acting careers like Taylor Lautner did. If if any viewers viewers if any listeners don't know, uh Taylor Lautner was a really, really good competitor back in the day when he was like much younger. And then he went on to acting and then um it became really successful at that. Uh, so either they'll do that. And he's like the only one that I know of that got that successful off of it. Like everybody else goes into like stunts and performing yeah, behind the scenes. It's kind of like into just like they're in the, it's really sad that like they're in the background. It's like, uh, one, one of my favorite competitors, uh, Reed Presley, he's him and his brother, uh, Cole, I believe they're super talented. Like the, he's the one who made like, I don't know if he made double bow staff famous, but he is the one who like, people will be like, dude, he's using two bow staffs at the same time. And it looks good. Um, but like he's so good, and then like in Into the Badlands, he was in Into the Badlands for like two seconds in the background. You can't even see his face. He's in the background doing like some like bow staff flippy stuff, and I'm like, dude, he's so like he's so talented. Like, why use him more? You know. So they either go on to do acting or they open their schools, which is what my uh, master did. He was a uh, competitor back in the day, and then he was like, all right, I want to teach now. So you learned extreme martial arts tricking through your school? Yeah, through our school, we used to have XMA. Um, we, we okay i lied earlier i said i love all martial arts uniforms i do not like the old school xma uniforms it looks like a you look like a it's ugly it's so ugly if you like such a photo of it it has no sleeves it's made of like the windbreaker material yeah. like like and then uh there's there's a zipper you yeah. zip it up and then there's the velcro that goes around your neck that chokes you until you die um and there's no belt it's like a it's like a 
it's like a buckle and it looks super ugly uh, no one likes them the pants fall off really easily um and uh it looks really ugly but we we had formal x classes where you had to wear those uniforms you had to learn like the chop punch chop punch you know flip here land ha like do all that kind of stuff and then that's where i kind of got into tricking because that stuff looks you know looks cool and i'm a i'm a i'm an anime nerd who's like oh, backflips are cool and um yeah and I, just, I just got really into it like it was really fun are the uniforms better now yes because now we have actual uh, they, they stopped making those forever like a long time <laughs> ago and now they call it hyper hyper is basically like xma but it's much more uh systemized and yeah and more more uh it's it's in my opinion it's better because xma is uh it was kind of everywhere like you do a couple combos here you show this move uh, and then you do this and then you do that whereas uh hyper is like okay you want to start with a combo which leads into your power moves that goes at this angle so the judges can see it and then you want to end here take a quick break here because you don't want to keep doing power moves and tire yourself out so quick hand combo here maybe a few kicks then go back and do maybe one more power move and like it's much more thought out and like it's like an art style um and yeah like the uniforms are just black like karate uniforms which look just so much better than the the other ones you look like a like a stupid but on drugs or something i don't know so you post most of that on instagram right yeah just for fun all right so if the fans want to follow you and what's going on with you what's the new youtube channel you got going on what's your instagram and i'll post it on the show notes but share it audio okay i'll just try to make it concise but uh so everything's pretty much for me under the same name it's velocery right it's v-l-o-s-h-r-y it's not a real word um and uh yeah i have a youtube where i talk i'm gonna start talking about anime and like me like i guess media in general and kind of give my perspective of like a of a japanese guy a citizen and like a artist animator on it and uh for my instagram it's just if, if you like if you like having fun on like if you want to watch something like funny you know or like watch someone do flips and like you know uh interact with kids you can just watch you can follow my instagram but it's mainly just for fun and uh i, I usually just use it as like a like that's the actual me you know mm -hmm. like i'm not like a i'm not like a a character or like a persona on the martial artist segment talking about martial arts or i'm not like a like a like a comic book writer it's like it's just me doing like me stuff um and then usually i'll kind of boost like random stuff through it like oh hey i'm doing this video so come check that so i guess it's a good way to like follow what i am doing um but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then just keep watching the modern martial artists. I uh, debut once in a while on that. Uh, that's where I talk more about martial arts uh, as opposed to my other channel where I just talk about like anime cartoons. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Those. <laughs>